Oh, what a lovely day for us to be at the gates of Valhalla. We're talking movies. We're talking Mad Max Fury Road, starring Charlize Theron, Nicholas Hoyes, and some intense stairs by Tom Hardy. Written by Brandon McCarthy, Nick Laredas, and George Miller, who also directed. I never thought I'd do something as shine as that, Chris. Oh, that's you moving into your quote because, you know, you can't change your fucking inflection or anything. My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Or you will ride eternal shiny and chrome. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're talking about Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. And if you uh, are complaining like Scott was there about my quotes, it's because I can change the inflection and I can put some fucking effort behind them. So, Scott, take us away. You know what? No, I'm not. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. I'm done with this fucking podcast. I'm taking my ball and going home. We're We're only podcast friends anyways. More like podcast acquaintances. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of this film, um, I'm actually very disappointed with this film. What? My major disappointment with this film. You're a fucking major disappointment. Is that I never saw it in the theaters. Oh, yes. And you deserve to be disappointed. Yes. You see that? You see what I did Yes, I see what you did there. You did a bit of a turn of phrase, as they say. (laughs) But, yeah, like, when when this film was originally announced, like, I was still, you know, not over my disappointment in Thunderdome. What? (laughs) 2015 to what? what, Thunderdome was what, like, 1984 or something like that? You still weren't over the quote-unquote disappointment? Fucking grow up, buds. Hey, there's something called cable TV and HBO, and every couple of years I'd be, you know, reminded of it and be like, "Fuck, you know, it's a Lord of the Flies, Mad Max. Why?" Okay, well, <laughs> but, before, before we go down this road, uh, out of the three, well, four, but not talking Fury Road. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. There's really one good Mad Max, and that's Road Warrior. I I would say the first one. Oh, you like Mad Max, like the original? I I, I like the first one. I like the first Little one. Little Mel, Mel Gibson in, in his yeah. prime. Yeah. No, I less I do enjoy the first one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're already starting. Oh come on, man! That's just common knowledge. It's like that's not even surprised. People are if they listen to this podcast and they didn't hear me comment on Mel Gibson's overt racism, they'd be like, these guys don't even know stuff. You know. A person, I'm, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna go there. That's probably good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So you like you like the original Mad Max? I like the original. Road Warrior is my favorite one, but but now obviously it's it's this one. This one has overtaken all of them. So you did not watch this in the theater because of Thunderdome. Well, that's it's, a, that's it a fucking stupid reason. You know that, right? It wasn't just thunderdome right it was even though with what was going on but you probably saw fucking happy feet in the theater and you were like oh that's the best miller film ever made i have fucking kids of course (laughs) i watched happy feet i knew it in the theater and and i watched happy feet too in the two babe movies (laughs) i was gonna say and i watched happy feet too so fuck you too but um but no it wasn't just that it was 
it was also I was apprehensive of the recasting, right? Of Tom Hardy's casting. And it's only because like for me, um Max was synonymous with Mel Gibson, right? Like I thought sure. he was it, I thought it was gonna be like Harrison Ford in the Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, where one actor plays one character, right? And then that's it. Yeah, we saw how that went with fucking Crystal Skull. So, you know, maybe it was a smart move to cast Tom Hardy. Well, you know, Crystal Skull is the most made the most box office that, out of you, all of you them. You always bring that argument, and I always say the same fucking thing. Thousands <laughs> of billion that they're fucking making things. Another one. Yeah, Crystal Skull was horrible. They should just gut it. It's like it makes fucking Temple of Doom look good. I mean, I don't mind Temple of Doom, but it was always like the worst one. And then Crystal Skull came, and like Temple of Doom looks like it should win a fucking Oscar. Anyway, let's get back to fucking Mad Max Fury Road here. So yeah, but so now, you're disappointed. Yeah, but now, like after watching it when it came out, like at home, and like just being in awe of what was done on this film and and how it looked and how it presented itself, it was. It was amazing, and I, I really am disappointed that I never actually got to see it on the big screen. So, because Chris is into seeing movies in the theater, because that's what he does, I did see it in the theater, and it was amazing. Like, I I came out of that movie, and so this movie's only uh, 100, uh, 120 minutes long. It's a two-hour-long movie, and it feels... Tight, 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 tight. This is a perfect example of editing. We're going to talk about this later. But, like, I came into that movie, and I was exhausted because of the adrenaline. Like, it was, like, at 11, most of the movie, it would back off to about nine and a half, and then the fucking throttle would go down, and you're like, like, and the sound, and the way the picture, like, the size and scope, the cinematography. Like I said, I came out of there, and I was like, holy fuck, man, I feel like I've been on a goddamn roller coaster for two hours. Like, need to do some crystal meth to come down from this high. <laughs> yeah, like this this film's a masterclass in the KISS method, right? They just kept it simple, right? Basic linear story. The only thing that wasn't simple in this film was, you know, I don't, I don't 90% know, the, the, of the filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was going to say 90% of it is all practical. <laughs> yeah, practical isn't that great? Because it looks like it should be CGI, and there's no CGI rendering in this movie. Well, there is, right? Like her, uh, Charlize Theron's arm is all CGI'd and all that stuff. Sure, but, but in terms of the effects, like the effects, like all the, the action stunts, and stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, they right? used uh, they used something like do 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 one hundred and fifty stunt performers, including people that work for Cirque du Soleil. And and when I think about it, you know, then the guys come on on the, or the people come on the poles into the the war wagon. I think those are for sure Cirque du Soleil actors, man. Cause like, that's some crazy. They're like picking people up, swinging back and forth on those poles. It fucking the whole thing is like an adrenaline rush. It is insanely good. Yeah. There's, I don't think, I think it's what best movie in the last decade is what it won. Oh yeah. Like, on a bunch of greatest, lists, a bunch of lists. And it's, yeah. it's, pro- it's considered one of the greatest action movies ever made. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And, and that's the thing when we make fun of, well, not we, but it's mostly me when we make fun of like the James Cameron action films where it's like, hey, we're just redoing Pocahontas over and over again. This film's like, I'm going to drive here and then I'm going to drive back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... 
<laughs> but the thing that's amazing is literally a film that majority of the film is is a car chase like a full-blown car chase the whole fucking film well and that's what miller wanted he wanted basically yeah. like a one long car chase which is like you yeah. said you drive out spoiler alert you turn around and you drive back <laughs> which which is amazing but yeah like i was reading up on this too and um Zoe Kravitz, who plays one of the, or yeah, she plays one plays of the one of the wives, the wives. or the concubines, or whatever. And she was saying that that was like the scene where she gets ripped out from the truck, yeah, and then she's high up. That's real. Like that 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 was one hundred percent real. <laughs> she goes, the guy goes in, I get, and then picked her up. That was her uh, that high, and then going back down into the other car. Really? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think like, I've got two quotes again tonight, but I'm going to start off with this one. Uh, so Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Pinkerton from sight and sound Miller's Mad Max Fury road is a hammer down cast iron plated diesel exhaust belching manifesto on the physics of screen action, a meta mechanics monster truck show with everything, but a robosaurus. I was like, yeah, it is man. Like, just from like, like right from the very beginning, like it just, it kicks off. He, you know, eats the lizard or whatever. He gets back in his car and it, and they, they're, it's chasing and it just, it doesn't fucking stop, man. It's so amazing. Like the cinematography in this is mind blowing. And I mean, that has a lot to do with the fact that John C, uh, it's, it's seal. It's, I don't know. It's S E A L E. Yeah. John seal. He actually came out of retirement to work on this film. So John has five Oscar Oscar nods, one win, six BAFTA nods, one win. He worked on the mosquito coast gorillas in the mist witness rain man, dead poet society, the English patient, one of my favorite movies and a film that I consider like a perfect film, the talented Mr. Ripley. He did the, he was the DOP on the perfect storm and cold mountain. Like this guy is a masterclass cinematographer. And like I said, he literally came out of retirement to work with Miller on this film. Yeah. Um, he, I think he, he won Oscar, right? Like he won the Oscar, I believe for, for this, for this one. Uh, I don't think he won. I think he was nominated. They won for editing his wife, um, Miller's wife, Margaret, uh, Sexel. She won her first Oscar and BAFTA and Australian Academy award for her editing on this. Yeah, because it won. I know it was nominated, and it won six. I, and to be honest, I didn't look up which six they actually well, won. won. I, I won just literally for sure it was like editing, just, makeup, like hair and makeup, editing, uh, set design, like a lot of that stuff. But it was nominated for best director and best picture. Like it lost out to uh, the Big Short actually for best picture. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I mean the Big Short are more good of a movies, drama, right? But- Oh, I love yeah, the big yeah, short. I've seen it like yeah. 10 times. Hey, this is Margaret Robbo in a bathtub. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all, about I short wish selling. All my, uh, my economics classes could be taught that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when you were talking about editing, what I, what I saw or read as well, I didn't see it because I wasn't there, but 
they shot this whole film in sequence. Now you're the technical guy. I'm I assuming it was lit that what that means is like, they just went like, just followed the script. Yeah, It right? would be Page chronologically. Wide. Yeah. Basically there was no like going, well, I know they had some reshoots and uh, that comes up with, there was like a big dispute in the budgeting, but we can get to that. But yeah, for the most part, uh, typically that would mean that it was shot like from beginning to end in the order that you see it roughly. Yeah, and then what I read was she had to go through 420 hours. I have 480 hours. Oh, even even more. It took so her... let go ahead. Let's release the Miller cut. Yeah, right. Oh, we yeah. just did this. We just did the I, Snyder I, I want to see let's the 480 the... hour cut of this film. Um, she spent three months just watching the the footage. Before even getting into editing, just sitting down and watching. Well, I mean, 480 hours, man. That's a long time. So on the topic of editing, it took two years of working six days a week, 10 hours a day. She spent 6,000 hours editing this film. No wonder she won like a bunch of awards for editing. Like it's, yeah. it's so well edited, man. Like it is, it's so if you ever, if you ever, if you remember, like often when I complain about like not moving from shot to shot, not keeping that dynamic tension and stuff like that, this is the exact opposite. Like this is a, like, again, to keep using this word, it's a masterclass in editing, like moving from this, moving to this, moving from like all these different shots and then keeping that tension yet also keeping like the audience engaged in like the character in the story. Like it is fantastic, man. It's so seamless. Um, they did all kinds of interesting stuff on this. So like you said, they used, you know, practical effects. They had like all these great stunt people. Um, but they even, they play with the frame rates. So basically about 50 to 60% of it is at 20, uh, is at 24 frames per second, which is your standard kind of frame rate. But everything outside of that, he would like slow it down or speed it up. And he would just like do this after they were done shooting. So that's why like the film has this like really weird kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? No, exactly. But I kind of zoned out on all your technical stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I not, know what you mean. It's hard it's not like, to be impressed <laughs> with the technical astuteness on this yeah. film though, because it's like, it's got this beautiful color. Like I said, it's got these great, you know, super super long shots and like then extreme close-ups and like the like the oh that opening scene well not quite the opening scene but when they catch him and uh he like wakes up and he tries to escape and it's like the camera seems to be like all over the place it's almost like a like a like a run and gun kind of shot like handheld and then he like jumps out or almost falls out into the cave like everything's happening so fast like i actually almost like want to rewatch the movie again after our podcast, just cause it's so exciting. Like it's just so well done. Like I, I can't, I can't really, you know, put into words how much I love watching this movie. <laughs> well, good thing you have a whole podcast to say <laughs> while you like <laughs> to do this movie here. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the title of the podcast right now. Chris jerks off to Mad Max. <laughs> but now what did you feel about, hardy in terms of being max oh how like did i think he was well yeah i thought he was a fucking perfect casting you don't think so no well like going through all this too and then he 
like there was a lot of criticism that he wasn't used properly. Like, do you have a problem that he only had 20 lines during the whole film? I think it was perfect. I think it was absolutely perfect. I think that it, uh, I mean, Mad Max never really talks a lot. Like I'm, I'm watching road warrior right now. And like, he's barely said anything so far. Um, it gives him gravitas. It gives him weight, right? Like he's doing a lot of like kind of face acting and, you know, he's supposed to be this kind of brooding, silent character. And I think that uh, cutting those lines out, it's remember when you were talking about, we were talking about uh, Benicio del Toro. He'll actually go through a script and get rid of lines. Cause he's like, Nope, Nope. I can act that with my body. Nope. Nope. Like a great actor can use le- less script instead of more. And I think that Tom Hardy was fantastic with it. I think he was perfectly cast and I think it, it gave him the like aura of mystery that you want from Max. I'm I'm guessing you don't agree. No, I I enjoyed him with it. And that's the thing. I thought like I thought you're a huge Tom Hardy fan and you're like, I just want to listen listen to him like, you know, mumble a lot. But <laughs> if I'm gonna do that, I'll just go watch Legend where I get to watch him play both Cray brothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I can get double, double, double my pleasure for double my fun. But in terms of what you're saying, like you're rewatching War- uh, Road Warrior, that actually is the movie with the least amount of lines for the Mad Max character. Mel Gibson only had 16 in that movie. So he actually has less than Fury Road? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Rough, he had, yeah, Hardy only had 20, and Road Warrior, he had 16, which uh, Mel Gibson said is his favorite movie, which I'm assuming he got paid a shit ton of money to just say, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, T2, T2 money. Well, and just think of like, you're, you get your script, it's like one page long. <laughs> you're like, in, you're in the whole movie, and you've got like one page of script to, to memorize. It's like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> gasoline i need gasoline it's like all right cut moving on that was that was my favorite like because once i saw that he only had 20 lines like going through the movie the ones i think the ones i think about is him pointing at somebody saying that's my boot or that's my car (laughs) that's my head but then tom hardy does that too right that's my jacket that's what i'm saying with tom hardy right (laughs) he's like that's my jacket that's my head (laughs) that's my boot that's my car and my name is max (laughs) i'm like there's five right there what uh do you have a favorite tom hardy movie or role even um i like i liked him a lot in inception i liked him in legend Mm mm-hmm he, um, man, I love Legend. If you guys haven't seen Legend, it's all about the Cray Brothers, which were like these gangsters in uh, 1960s Britain. Uh, and Tom Hardy plays both characters. Go and watch that movie. It's it's amazing. Especially if you like kind of British gangster films like uh, Rock and Roller, which she was in as well, or like Guy Ritchie type of stuff. Anyway, uh, keep going. Yeah, there. I haven't seen, what is it, Bronson? That's oh, the one. Dude, yes. Also watch Bronson because it's based on a true story and it's it's super kind of surreal. Not surreal. It's kind of arty, but he does an amazing job. The, the, the real Bronson said that no one else could play him the way that Tom Hardy played him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, well. And I was gonna say probably Venom. I enjoyed because you know. movie was fucking horrible, barely watchable, funny. barely fucking watchable. I Waste of funny. talent is what that was. But what's the movie he's in that he just fucking drives a car around over and over again? Drives a car around. Lock, lock. 
Oh, I haven't seen that. Is that good? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it either. Oh. But I, I knew there was a movie, but I heard it was good. Like, it was just like an, an acting kind of thing that it's just literally him driving a car. Huh. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> what no. Did, what did you think of uh, casting of Cherise Theron, you know, since we're talking about actors right now? I thought she, well, she's, I, I can't say she stole the movie because in reality, movie. the movie, movie, yeah, the movie's hers, right? Like, and she, I would say became like the pinnacle of an action star in this film. Yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. Every like out beating any male action star. Well, I would say that, like that. that like, I mean, if you, cause I think she's really great in atomic blonde, but like you start to see, I mean, this is, this is, it was, she was an Anne Fox as well. Right. So. Yeah. And what, what I read as well, like, I guess Mad Max is huge in South Africa. Right. And she's always wanted to be in a Max Mad Max film. When this film originally, because this film was supposed to happen just before 9-11 with Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, and they offered her a role and she didn't even know. Her agent never told her. Right. And then it came full circle where she actually got to be in it. Yeah. This film was in like development hell for like forever. Like you said, like, well, when 9-11 is... So, like, how many years ago? Well, I mean, this this movie came out in 2015, so it took, like, what? I think it was 10 years. years it, was, it was in development hell. Yeah. Like, going from different studios and then almost getting started and then some script revisions and stuff like that. So, so as you're, as you're you know, making your little shy comment or little sly comment about Happy Feet, <laughs> you owe this fucking movie to Happy Feet because Warner Brothers is the one that distributed happy feet and because it did so well he got to leverage mad max for it well and he won so an oscar for fucking... happy feet yeah for he best animated best animated feature or whatever um yeah. it's interesting that uh, the whole warner's thing so they got in a big fight okay so the budget for this is either 155 million if you uh, talk to George Miller's production company, or it's 185 million if you talk to the studio, and then plus or minus, or, or plus 20 to 40 million on top of that 185. So they actually had to go to court because if it was going to be brought in under budget, he was supposed to get a bunch of like extra stuff, like seven million dollars, you know, proceeds of profit, yada yada yada. Uh, but the studio said, no, 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 it costs 185 million, and there's this like whole legal battle that played out or whatever. And for a while, like George uh, didn't even know if he was going to make another film with them. So it's interesting that like he did Happy Feet. It went well. Oh, speaking of which, you know who also in the back end ended up helping to finance this thing? Mnuchin, the uh, former Treasury Secretary and John Oliver lookalike. He threw some cash at this film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, <laughs> it's just one of those weird factoids, right? It's like because they they basically went to get another round of funding, and Steve Mnuchin uh, threw some cash down there. So that's uh, thanks a lot, Steve. I mean, you didn't do a very good job as a Treasury Secretary, but we're glad that you brought us uh, Mad Max. Um, oh, my producer wants to know uh, how do you make a movie like this? Is it like through like is the director directed, or is it through the script or whatever? I mean, something like this, something where there's not a lot of dialogue. I would say. Um, Miller and Hardy basically were like, actually, I, I bet you Hardy took a lot of like direction because Tom Hardy gave an interview where he said he, Oh my had, God, what? Y- you did no fucking research on this movie. What do you mean? 
Okay, let they, me finish my quote, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because Tom Hardy said when he read the script, he had no idea what the fucking movie was about. And then he praised what? Miller after the fact for, like, making it come to fruition. So tell me how I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong, because it wasn't when he read the script. It was filming the fucking movie that they were always at each other. Because he Hardy had no idea what the fuck was Isn't going it, on right okay so is that not ex- kind of what i was saying like no no because you said when they're reading the script oh okay fair enough okay well, well, like they're they're at odds and same with uh from what i read Charlize theron and tom hardy as well had a huge major beef uh in in this film as well enough so that you know there was an accident where Charlize broke tom hardy's nose oh wow now it was an accident in a stunt or was it? No one knows. <laughs> Except that, for Charlie. That's Theron. pretty that's pretty badass, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, they they're at odds, which if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Majority you had what, four months filming this film in the desert and you're stuck in a truck with somebody yeah. for hours on end. <laughs> someone who <laughs> someone who doesn't understand what the fuck is going on either. Like, imagine being Tom Hardy and just being like, I, I don't know what we're trying to get done here. And, and that's the thing. Like, it, when this movie came out, he wasn't, I wouldn't say. He, what are you he, saying? Like, he wasn't, farmer, he wasn't the Tom he's not Hardy the Tom that Hardy he is now. Is, that's right. Exactly. He, he was still a younger actor learning his craft, right? 100% he was, yeah. So, I think now, if it was to happen, he would. Be more professional? exactly right and he's he there's actually a new york times article you can look up and it's just like the history of this film and even he states it like that charlie's did not have um a good partner in in the film because he was doubting himself a lot because he was stepping into mel gibson's shoes right and how that was gonna be and he i guess not couldn't take direction but he just yeah didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time so (laughs) well i mean i think that might have even just worked in their favor right because there's really a lot of tension between those two characters anyways so i mean them not getting and i mean max is not exactly known for his uh how you know cuddly feel aspect of him so being a bit standoffish is is going to be to his benefit in a film like this so but it also gives gravitas that ending scene because if they filmed it sequence and it it's her going up and him just going through that crowd that smiles like i'm never gonna fucking see you again i'm done done. i'm done shooting i'm I'm done with this shit and just fucking go (laughs) so what i find is crazy about so this movie made so we we already talked about it it either cost like 155 or 185 million dollars okay so it made $375 million. And, and then I was reading some stuff that said that it still would have probably cost another 20 or $40 million for marketing and Oscar campaign, which meant it actually finished somehow in the fucking red. I was like, really? You make that much extra money? Like, I don't know where all the money goes sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, it's... Isn't that the complaint? Like, I I wouldn't know because I'm not in Hollywood, but isn't that the complaint of every creator in Hollywood that no movie actually makes money? They're always in the red. 
Well, I mean, I think the studios also find a way to do that for like tax reasons and stuff like that. Um, but this movie made fifty six million dollars just in home media up and up till twenty twenty. So I was one of them. <laughs> uh, which which uh, do you have like one of the box sets or? No, no, I, I just had the Blu-ray. Right? Have you seen the black and white version of this? No, I heard about oh, sorry, the, the black chrome and version. chrome version. Yeah, which which is funny because you you were fucking making fun of like why the fuck is there a black and white version of Justice League? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like with Justice League, it's just like they have they they shot the thing, they made an extended Schneider cut, and then they also released a black and white version. Like, I just I'm sorry, I don't I don't give that film the same type of like artistic credit. Okay, here's a perfect example. This movie is 120 minutes of perfect fucking movie making. Schneider Cut is what? Three and a half hours of fucking dog shit. So you be the judge. Right? Listen. <laughs> Come on, we you gotta keep talking about opinion. fucking radio, buddy. No, no, I was gonna say we, we each have our own opinion, but... One of them is I, right. I, I enjoy. I, I, you know, we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree, but um, I still want to see the four-hour or four hundred twenty-hour cut of this movie because my guess is if they're because they announced what there's Mad Max Wastelands next with Tom Hardy, and then there's. Mad Max Ferocia, right? No, Furiosa is coming out in 2023. I think the next Tom Hardy one will be uh, coming out after that because I don't, I don't have, I couldn't find any production notes on it. Did you? No, all I see is like in his IMDb, just saying like Mad Max Wasteland. But my guess is from everything they shot, they said they had enough film like in the can for another two movies. Well, but Furiosa, Furiosa though is going to be back in time. Because the actor that plays in Queen's Gambit is going to be playing the role of Furiosa. No, but I would assume that if it is a timeline thing, it might be like what's explained in this film, how she was stolen with her mom. Yep. It's probably that story, but I don't see them not putting Charlize in it. Are you, wait, are you sure? Are you sure that they're, I don't think they're using footage from this film to make another film. I think what he meant is, we have enough in the story as in like the story he has flushed out uh, his treatment is that he's got enough that he can make two other films. I don't, I don't necessarily think that they are using footage that's already shot. So we can agree to disagree there too, if you want. We're changing the fucking name of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> um. So I got one more quote, and then I mean, well, actually, before I get my other quote, is there a scene that you like? I'm, I was trying to for myself. I was trying to think of like a scene I really like liked, but I actually like it all. Like, there's nothing about this movie that I don't like, like at all. Casting is fantastic. Scoring is amazing, especially because I'm watching. Like I said, I'm watching uh, uh, Road Warrior right now, and the score is way cheesy. Like super, super cheesy, and this oh, this oh, film, like uh, Fury Road, had an amazing score. Like I said, it's edited well. It's 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 fucking fantastic. So yeah, do you have a do you have a favorite it? scene? It was Junkie XL that scored it, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this, no, I don't actually. I don't have a favorite. Like in the first Mad Max, the scene that I enjoy the most is after he gets his leg fucked up, and it's him putting all his pressure to just get up to walk to the car to kill fucking toe cutter. Yeah. 
But which do you know who played Toe Cutter? The same guy that plays Imogen Joe. That's right. Uh, his name is Hugh, or was. His name was Hugh Keys Burns. Uh, and unfortunately, he died uh, December 2020. Like, he just passed away. It's the age of 73. But yeah, he was in the original. He played the original baddie. He did. Um, the big baddie, as they say. <laughs> the big, the big bad. Well, that's the thing. Like, if they are making another one with um, the Hardy, they can have Mel Gibson play the bad guy. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Although Mel Gibson's already kind of turned himself into a bad guy. So I don't know. He's a bit problematic. <laughs> would you Would you not recommend this to anyone? Give me, give me the who would you recommend it to or who would you not recommend it to or both? Come on, Siskel and Ebert. Nah, fuck you. Um, I think... I don't think anybody should not watch this film. Small right? children, I, definitely I, fucking watch it. Old ladies with heart problems, fucking watch it. Well, here, you just said, fu- yeah, old fucking ladies should just watch this movie. Like, <laughs> th- those, those females, oh, I don't remember their names in the film. The Val- Valerians yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. The They're ones, badass, man. They did all their own stunts. 70 years old, and they were jumping what? out and out those of cars, too. Those motorcycle stunts and stuff, too? Everything they did, their own stunts. That's amazing. So, yeah, old fucking ladies should watch this movie. <laughs> I remember uh, just on the topic of, like, old ladies and Mad Max, uh, my English teacher, Miss De Silva from Monsignor Doyle, uh, she was, we were doing Gallipoli in history class, but, man, she was waxing poetically about how much she enjoys Mel Gibson in the Mad Max movies, if you get my uh, drift. <laughs> um, oh. It's him in fucking tight leather right? all the time. Yeah, man, and we 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 could talk about Mad Max stuff all the time. Like I said, in Road Warrior, the like the chaps S&M. and their asses yeah. hanging out, and like men strapped to the back of motorcycles. You're just like, what is going on in this movie? But uh, mm. so the last quote I'm going to end with is from uh, Mark uh, Mark Kermode from the UK Observer: Mad Max Fury Road. An orgy of loud and louder, leaving us alternatively exhilarated, exasperated, and exhausted. It's got a little little bit of alliteration in there. But I, I, I 100% agree. I was exhilarated, I was exasperated, and I was pleasantly exhausted. Uh, unless you got anything else for me, Scott, I am done. Definitely go watch this fucking movie, though. If you haven't seen it, if you like action movies... Watch this movie. Turn it up as loud as you can. Watch it on the biggest screen you can. And, uh, yeah, hit us up on social media and let uh, let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would say in terms of this film, um, I want to be the guy with the guitar. <laughs> if, if, I could, if I could be anybody, is even though I don't play a guitar, but I just want to be the guy with the guitar that fucking lights fire. Supposedly that just... actor created his own backstory. Like a personal backstory for that role. Oh, that's being in character, right? Absolutely. Like you, you, sh- you should. And that guitar right? really Every worked. Like, as, like I said, like there, as, as we talked about, all the effects were practical or most of the effects were practical. So they actually had 150 vehicles built for the thing and only 88 of them survived. Like some of them were meant to be like split right in half just so they could like blow them up and shit. So anyway, that's all for me, Scott. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com.
think he was in his actually. I think he was in his seventies then. He'll be eighty when he's filming Ferozier. That's so crazy, man! And he's still baking fucking gold. I mean, I didn't even actually get to talk about the work he's done. I didn't realize he. I mean, it makes sense considering how many Oscar nominations he's had and stuff like that. But I mean, he worked on. Lorenzo's Oil. Lorenzo's Oil, The Witches of Eastwick, I mean, Babe, Babe the sequel, Happy Feet, and the sequel, and then Furiosa. But, like, some of those earlier films, man, like, those are, like, really well-known films. Oh, and he's a fucking medical doctor. He went to medical school and graduated. That's how he funded the first Mad Max. He was doing doctor work (laughs) to fund Mad Max. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.